0: Hi, Travelers. Kevin here. And believe it or not, we are cruising towards the end of the Juno and Second Citadel series, which is wild. That's a lot to wrap my head around. Hopefully it's not news to you that this is the final season of Juno and Second Citadel, but uh, if it is welcome, we only have a few stories left. So uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to sort of give you a broad outline of what the release schedule for those stories will be. If you are subscribed to our online newsletter which is on patreon this is all going to be repeat information um if you're not subscribed to our online newsletter why not it's free just head on over to patreon.com slash the penumbra podcast you can join you can follow us for free and uh, every other week or so you'll get access to a traveler's log a newsletter where we update you on news and harley and i write a little thing about our creative process uh each time And we give you recommendations for things we've been watching, reading, playing. You get some recommendations from the cast and crew. It's it's a great time. And especially where the, these shows are coming to a close fairly soon. If you want updates on what we're planning next, what we're going to do next, because we are not disappearing off the face of the planet. At least it's not on my schedule. I'm not planning on disappearing off the face of the planet. The best way to do that is to follow us over there uh, because we will keep you updated every step of the way. So if you are, Morning, like I am, the endings of these shows, and you are looking forward to the next thing, make sure you go on over to patreon.com slash the Podcast, join us for free. That's enough uh hemming and or hawing though. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about the release schedule for the rest of the season. So these are broad dates. Over the course of April to May, you can expect the next second Citadel story, The Fall, parts one and two. From May to June, you can expect another Juno story. Uh, I'm not going to give you the title yet. You're going to have to be patient. Then from June to July will be the second Citadel finale. And the end of July slash early August will be the Juno Steel finale. That is how close we are. We are cruising towards end of july early august uh this eight year uh set of stories uh, is coming to an end which is wild it's hard for me to wrap my head around because we are so close to the end i do have to ask if you have ever thought about supporting the penumbra on patreon if you've ever thought about supporting us financially if you have a friend or a family member or anybody else who has thought about supporting us financially um now's the time it is, it is not easy for me to ask for money. It's tough. But I do have to say our, our support has flagged a little bit over the course of the season on Patreon. And we are sort of right on the knife's edge of being able to continue to do this and being able to do the next things that we want to do, the next big secret projects that we want to do. We get exit surveys from Patreon that say why people have stopped pledging. And for the vast majority of everybody, it has been financial situations changing. It's a tough time to be a person right now. So really don't stretch yourself past a point that is safe for you to pledge or up your pledge. I I would feel just awful if anybody did that. But if you have any spare income that you're willing to send our way, if our stories have meant something to you, if you want to show us that they've meant something to you, if you want to see the next thing that we make, now's the time. And you get access to, at this point, a frankly insane amount of bonus content. At the $7 level, you get access to all the production scripts, which are always full of bonus stuff, um, behind-the-scenes stuff. And at the $10 level, you get access to uh, like hundreds of hours of commentaries at this point that range from actually serious, this is how we make the show type stuff. And extremely silly uh, breathing with the boys, Lord Arm fan cast uh, type stuff. So it would just mean the world to us if you could support us and help us out. It is no exaggeration to say that the only thing that I want to do with my life is make stories, make stuff for you all to see. And that's only going to be possible if our support keeps up. And I I know it's going to it's going to fall a little bit after the end of Juno and Second Citadel. So. Anything that you can do to show that you are going to stick with us, that you're going to help us out, will make our next project more likely stronger, better, uh, harder, better, faster, stronger, etc. And thank you so much. If you're already pledging, thank you so much just for listening. Uh, it's crazy that we've gotten to do this as long as we have. And I'm so, so grateful for it. That's enough of that, though. Uh, you all have a story to get to. So I will uh, see you later uh, and I'll see you in not too long for the finales to these stories. Ah, good evening, traveler, and welcome to the Penumbra. Tonight's tale is... Lullaby to a Dying World.
1: the hold up. I have to get these construction materials to the worksite before nightfall.
2: Nothing passes through this checkpoint without our say-so by the order of Sir Galahad the Great.
1: Yeah, well, Sir Galahad's the one who gave me the order to transport these materials. If you want to tell him his shipment was delayed so you two could feel big about yourselves, feel free. But I'm not about to get on his bad side. Sir Galahad said so.
3: And where's your proof?
1: Are we going to do this all day? Because all three of us know that Sir Galahad doesn't like to wait.
0: Fine, then. I'll let you pass. Thanks. But first, we'll have to take a look at these construction materials you're transporting.
1: Why? You can see them right where you're standing. No, we can't. They're covered in canvas. Yeah, I'm transporting construction materials and canvas, and you can see them from right there.
4: We'll be examining the contents of your cart now.
1: You don't want to check back there.
4: Is that a threat?
1: No, you just don't want to check back there. Trust me.
4: We'll be checking your cart now, and if you know what's good for you, you won't move.
1: I was just trying to do you two a favor. But if you really want to, be my guest.
4: Sir Douglas, pull off the covering.
0: Yes, sir.
1: Aha! What? Sir the...
0: the... Angelo? Hey, up.
1: <clears throat>
5: The vigilant he strikes again!
1: Nicely done, schoolboy. Think these knights are about our size?
5: Indubitably not, Ollie. I don't think there is a single active knight with the potent physical girth of Angelo the Strong.
1: But the helmets, at least, should serve to cover our faces. So we're going to try and infiltrate the off-worlders' top-secret construction site in disguises that don't fit, but at least they can't see our faces.
5: Perhaps if we keep our distance, they won't be able to tell.
1: Sure hope so. Let's take these guards' armor and then see if we can't find Galahad.
5: Yep. I must say, this section of Silvershore appears to be much more intact than the surrounding area.
1: The Offworlders must have been planning to keep a section of Silvershore for themselves from the beginning. Wish we'd known about it. Would have had a much less scary time surviving those bombs over here than we did in that basement.
5: But why would they keep a section of Silvershore on par? According to that aeroplane pilot, their plan is to destroy everything. And
1: they'll probably get around to that, too. But for now, it looks like they have plans for Silvershore. And they must have something to do with whatever they're building in here.
5: What do you think it is?
1: That? I have no idea. But whatever it is, it can't be good. You've seen what they've done to the rest of Silvershore.
5: Turning neighbor against neighbor, rewarding human residents of Silvershore for turning in their monster countrymen? These people from over the world's edge are truly despicable.
1: And with Galahad on their side, that means they have the full force of the Citadel Knights at their command, too.
5: No knight escapes basic training without hearing hundreds of tales of Sir Galahad the Great's legendary exploits. The man who shot a dragon out of the sky, wrestled a giant into submission, and cut a sphinx to pieces without ever hearing its riddle. These knights are so overjoyed to be in the service of such a legend that it appears they've hardly noticed Sir Tristan's death.
1: He was probably counting on that. Whatever these people from over the edge of the world are planning, it clearly needs a lot of manpower. With the human residents working the construction site and Citadel Knights hunting down the monsters that survived the bombings... They're converting this entire city into something.
5: But what?
1: Don't know. I'll be sure to ask Galahad that when I've got my sword pressed up against his throat.
5: If we can find him. If only there was someone we could ask for directions.
1: Someone who won't ask any questions about why your greaves barely cover half your shins and where this one-armed knight came from. Good luck with that.
5: Thank you. I will not let your luck go to waste. That's Steve... Why, I recognize that steed! And begads I recognize the man atop it!
1: Sir Mark! Sir- Quiet! Mark's working with the knights, remember? For all you know, he could be working directly under Galahad.
5: Under Galahad? Sir Mark may be in a difficult position, Ollie, but I hardly think he could have fallen so far.
2: Hey, Sir Galahad the Great called for me. I'm here to meet with him. Oh.
0: Your papers, please. You're all clear, Sir Mark the Salamander Knight. Thanks. De Pierre
2: oh.
5: Sir Mark! With Galahad! How could he?
1: Once a night, always a night. Present company excluded, I guess.
5: Even so... You don't have
1: time to feel bad because of the team your friend decided to play for. He's on the wrong side. And if I have to take him out to get Galahad, I'll do it.
5: No... You're right. Of course.
1: Now let's go after him before we lose our lead on Galahad.
0: Halt. State your
1: business. We're here to see Galahad.
0: And your papers, please.
1: Schoolboy, you mind showing the man our papers?
5: I wasn't aware of any papers.
1: Huh. See, he's funny. Think again. Show him our papers.
5: Yes, that's the man. I see him. But I'm afraid I don't know of any-
1: Papers?
5: Yes, and now you're pointing to his head and making a motion with your fist? But what does this have to do with
1: papers? Just knock him out, please.
5: What? Oh, yes, I can certainly do that.
1: Now move, move, move! We'll have to be careful with how we continue on. Even with our helmets on, Galahad's likely to recognize us.
2: Galahad. You, uh, called for me? There's Mark.
1: We'll have to keep our distance.
2: Sir Galahad? Hey, uh, Sir Galahad the Great. Uh, are you in here? Hello, Sir
4: Mark the Salamander Knight.
2: Whoa, oh, oh. <laughs> whoa! Hey there, Sir Galahad. Uh, sorry about my horse, he gets, uh... A little scared when people suddenly appear dangerously close out of nowhere. The steed makes the man, Sir Mark.
4: In your case, much more than others. I can find you a braver one if that's what you
2: need. Uh, No, I'm I'm kind of attached to this one. (laughs) And I don't just mean all these clasps. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, something in my throat. I've heard a lot about you, Sir Mark.
4: Especially about the devices you create. They give you a level of expertise that I think we'll need in the next era of knighting.
2: Uh... next era?
4: I have... plans, Sir Mark. Big plans. The kind that I think even Queen Mira won't be quite ready for.
2: But... uh, we're supposed to do what the Queen wants, right? Uh, Isn't that kind of what a knight is?
4: The Queen has her... priorities. But she doesn't know what our work is really like, does she? We're out here, and she... (laughs) Well, do you see her here with us? Uh, I guess I never thought about it that way. Nobody knows knighting better than me. And I'm offering to take you under my wing, Salamander Knight. Because I think we'll need you in this brave new era of knighting we're about to enter. So, follow me. I have a world of exciting things to show you.
2: Men, you will follow us too. You heard the man, Dampierre.
3: (laughs) There it is. Not now.
1: Why not? I told you, schoolboy, that if you got in my way when it was time for me to take on Galahad, And I will not
5: get in your way, Ole. But now is not the time. I told you that I would ensure your fight with that fiend is a fair one. But look at the retinue of knights that surrounds him.
1: You think I can't take them?
5: I think we would exhaust ourselves before we ever made it to him. When the time comes, I can duel Sir Mark while you take on Galahad. But if we attack now, we're hopelessly outnumbered.
1: Then what are you suggesting we do?
5: I suggest we follow and observe. We may learn something about Galahad and the off-worlders' plans for Silvershore. And we will position ourselves for an assault if the opportunity presents itself.
1: That's a decent strategy. Seems like years of hanging around with Caroline taught you something.
5: I am an exceptional student, or schoolboy, if you prefer.
1: <laughs>
5: Fine, we'll listen in. But if I see an opening, I will charge in right beside you, Ollie. You have my word. Now, shall we follow?
4: I... heard from Sir Tristan about the devices you build. That's a strange hobby for a knight.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, it started with this special saddle that keeps me anchored to Dompierre here. I always wanted to be a knight, and I thought, well, maybe I can joust, at least. But you can do much more than joust. Yeah, well, at first that's all I could do. Back then, the saddle only had one setting. It's got three or four now. But back then, all I wanted was to make sure I was steady on the horse so that my lance hits hard in the joust, you know? And that worked for a while, but the joust setting was really stiff, and it didn't give me the flexibility I needed to duel. So I added another setting, one that could turn a little at the waist. And I had this extra-long sword made, and air and I worked on our footwork until dueling was a thing too. But, when I took the test to become a knight, they said- That your specialized saddle was cheating,
4: I remember. You do? I don't think it should be a surprise that the Knights talked about you a lot when you were taking your exams. You were a hell of a show. And deciding whether to allow your gadgets caused quite a disagreement. It did? If I remember it right, Sir Lamarack, Sir Agravain, and me were the only ones on your side. You got results. That was all that mattered to me. But the others all whined, at Sir Bors, and Tristan, and even Pellinor, that hypocrite. He has an unfair advantage. If you can't knock him off his horse, you can't lose a joust.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd just get impaled instead. Way better.
4: Yeah, we were outvoted. I thought it would be the last time I ever saw you, and then you came back for another test, and another, and another. And then even when the other old boys were sick of you and wanted to let you in just so you'd stop taking the damn test, I wouldn't allow it. You... what? Every time we pushed you away, you came back stronger. I wanted to see how strong you could get. And now you're here, with your famous flaming sword, and it seems like my gamble on you is paid off. I heard about that last obstacle they threw in your way. No crawling in the Queen's Chamber. (laughs) I would have put a stop to it if I hadn't left for my own quest by then. But I have had my eye on you for a long time, Salamander Knight. I didn't think we'd meet again like this, but I'm glad we did. You have your challenges, but you don't whine about them. You get the job done. Your proof that with a little elbow grease, the whiners and the excuse makers could actually make something out of themselves.
2: Huh. Oh. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am proof. These humans from over the edge of the world understand
4: men like us, Sir Mark. Uh, they support men with a purity of vision like you and I. Because their vision is pure too. The world without monsters. It's possible. It's the world they live in, in their cities over the edge. And with their help, we'll make it real here, too.
2: Wow. That sounds... That really sounds like
4: something. Then let's talk about how they plan to make it a reality. I'm going to show you what we've been building now. It's just in here. After you. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks, I guess. You all will stay here and ensure Sir Mark and I are not interrupted, understood?
2: Yes, Sir Galahad.
4: Good.
1: Damn. They went in that big tent and I can't see them. Where are you going? To get a closer look.
5: With so many knights standing guard, we'll be spotted in seconds.
1: I'm going to loop around to the other side of that tent where the knights can't see me. You stay here and keep an eye on them. If any of them come patrolling, come get me. I'll and have... I won't rush in without you. I promise.
5: Very well. But surely if I were to run to your side, it would only give away your position. Perhaps we should have a signal of some kind.
1: Sure. Sounds great. Come up with something. But what? Dealer's choice. Like a safe spot.
2: So, Mark, what do you think? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Mostly because I'm not actually sure what it is. If you had to guess, I'd like to hear
4: how your machine-oriented mind understands this technology from over the edge of the world.
2: <sighs> well, it's big for one thing. I thought this tent was covering some small doohickey that's under construction, but it looks like the tent is part of the doohickey. I think it's the size of a building. And this part here looks like a drill. I'm guessing that goes into the ground. Very good. Continue. Uh, I'm not sure what else to make of it, to be honest with you. Mostly because I can't think of any reason you'd want to drill down into the ground unless... Well, this thing's not digging for water, is it? Close. Try again. Okay, so it's digging for something, anyway. I don't know what the hell it could be digging for, though. Uh, You'd need a much bigger opening in the ground to get any precious metals out, so I don't think this is the beginning of a mineshaft. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, Sir Galahad. I'm pretty stumped, to
4: be honest. You came much closer than most men would. Think about
2: the other devices the offworlders use. Haven't you wondered how they work? Sure. I don't even really know how this drill is supposed to work. I don't see a crank anywhere to turn it. No crank necessary. If
4: I just pull on this lever here... You see? Wow, it just turns on its own? Not exactly.
2: What do you know about magic, Sir it's all the stuff that can't be explained, right? And monsters are made of it. But it can't be magic that makes the drill go and that makes the aeroplanes fly. They're made of anti-magic metal, right? Correct. Not
4: magic in the form we see it, anyway. Does it come in another form? I learned a lot about how our universe works in the years after the Soul Keeper was destroyed. As my teleportation magic went haywire, I was sent across the universe, and off it entirely. That's how I met these men from over the edge of the world. They were surprised to see me, but not nearly as surprised as I was to learn what they knew. About the universe? What we call the universe is really a living thing, Sir Mark. You can think of it as the single biggest monster you could think of. And all of us are living on its skin. And magic... Well, magic is just the universe's will turned into action. It imagines a chimera, so a chimera is born. It imagines a creature that can
2: teleport, like the Garuda. Uh, Sir Galahad, uh, where did you... And
4: such a creature exists. The universe is not only a monster. It is the creator of all monsters. And that makes it our enemy. Our enemy? But... We live here. We were sent here. Our ancestors were sent here, actually. You and I and every human being are all descendants of people from over the edge of the world. The descendants of an advanced party sent to this universe to clear it of monstrous life and prepare it for harvest. (gasps) Harvest? This universe did something tricky to prevent those early humans from harvesting it, but with the protective magical shield over Silver Shore down, well, Better late than never, am I right? After all, a creature that can imagine monsters into existence must be incredibly powerful. And a very, very long time ago, the people from over the edge of the world discovered how to harvest and use this power for themselves by digging into the creature and extracting its life force,
2: what we'll call its blood. So... that's what the drill is for? We're going to take out the universe's blood? Not now, schoolboy.
4: If only I could show you the world that built these drills and airplanes, Sir Mark, you would be astounded. Machines as far as the eye can see, even machines small enough and useful enough to be placed inside one's home, and all of it running on the blood of universes. Yeah, that's right. Universe is. Ours isn't the first universe these off workers harvested, and it won't be the last. And once they've sucked this universe dry and slain it, we'll be able to join them. Just like our ancestors were supposed to so long ago. What a thought! Am I right? (laughs) It sends a chill down your spine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. But... Now, what... What happens to these universes after they're harvested? Well, they die, of course, as all monsters should.
1: Excuse me. I will not. Uh, what? I will not excuse you. You think you can just interrupt me when I'm in the middle of Sir Galahad's business? Just who do you think you are? I should ask you the same
2: thing. I don't recognize you. I know all the knights stationed at this particular construction site, and I don't know a single one with only one arm.
1: Of course you don't. I just lost it this morning. You expect
2: me to believe you lost your arm this morning? To what?
1: The huge bird right behind you. (laughs) As if (laughs) I
5: I'd say I'm getting quite good at that.
1: Great timing, schoolboy. Did any of the knights see you come over here?
5: I'm afraid that's what I came here to tell you, Olé. Intruders! Eh? All of the knights saw me.
1: Damn it. We'll have to fight our way out.
5: Uh,
4: uh,
1: uh,
4: it sounds like there are intruders. Let's do nothing at all. That's what we
5: have guards for, Oh, right. Olé... There are a great many guards, and I can only duel so many at once. Perhaps you could use the Dryad's power to help us
1: escape. If I do that, Galahad will know exactly who's after him. We'll blow the only chance of surprise we've got.
5: Uh, uh, oh. I think our chance at surprise may already
1: be spent. Fine. Cover me for a second. Uh, uh, All the bombing really took the life out of the soil here. But there should still be just enough. Come on dryads. Spread your roots. Schoolboy, run. Yep.
2: Yep. You sure we shouldn't do something about all that noise? <laughs> Why bother?
4: I just told you that
2: by the time we're
4: done, the
2: entire
4: universe will be done for. Well, they can run and hide if that's what they want to do. Their time is limited just like every other creature on this universe that doesn't side with our friends from over the world's edge. <laughs> but I appreciate <laughs> that you like to get your hands dirty. I like you, Sir Mark. I think I'll enjoy our time working together greatly. Uh, thanks. I, uh... You'll find that there are great benefits to being useful to me.
2: Where in Silver Shore are you, stay? Oh, uh, I found a place just outside the Occupied Zone. It's still standing, mostly.
4: Would you like something a little nicer? There's an open building close to here. I think they used to be monster lodgings, but we can get someone to do something about the stink.
2: (laughs) No, uh, no. Thank you, Sir Galahad. I, I think I'll stay where I am right now, so thanks. Are you sure? Totally, totally, totally. Uh, This has been a great meeting, Sir Galahad, but I think I have to go. Don Pierre isn't feeling well. (laughs) Very well. I'd like to see you
4: here again tomorrow morning. If you can understand these drills the off-worlders have made, you could be useful in helping to repair them, or in improving the design.
2: Uh, Sure thing, Sir Galahad. I'm I'm, I'm, uh, happy to.
4: Now to check on that noise. Tree roots. (laughs) One armed swordsman again. (laughs) Imagine coming all the way out to the edge of the world just to be killed by Sir Galahad the Great.
2: Sweet home. I know what we have to do, Dom-Pierre, Just give me a second, alright? Jeez, my heart is pounding. It must be because we finally got to meet Sir Galahad the Great, huh? Every night's dream. And he was so. so. great. Yeah, I know he's part of the reason we kept failing the knighthood exams. But, like, you remember what he said, right? It was just to push us to become even stronger. And hell, it worked, didn't it? (laughs) So that must mean it was worth it. Right? (laughs) You're right. I've been stalling long enough. Let's go down to the cellar. He's probably hungry by now. Hello? Hello? Hey, pal, y'all right down there? Uh, I got some rations for you, if you're, you know, hungry. Come on down here. Let's go. I'm sure he's fine down here. He seems, you know, tough. Like, really ridiculously injured, but tough. The bomb's only burned most of his body. Lantern. Mark, it's you. Hey, Scales, I uh, brought you some food. I think I put it somewhere in the saddlebag. I don't want your food, Mark. I want answers. Yeah, well, food's what I got. Answers, not so much. Here. didn't know what you uh, like to eat. I'll find something else next time. Food is
3: not my main concern. Have you decided what to do with me yet? Do with you? Scales, I don't know what you mean. Then you're going to make me say it, aren't you? I am a proud lizard. I think you know that. And So I hope you understand how serious I must be to do this. Scales, come on. But I am begging you, Mark. If you've even a scrap of love for me, or for Damien, or for Amaryllis, I am begging you to let me live. Hey, be serious, Scales. I'm not gonna hurt you. It will take a great deal more than not hurting me to keep me alive. And both of us know it.
2: Hey, try not to move too much. You're just gonna open up those wounds again. And then so be it.
3: I am on hands and knees, Mark. Begging you to help me escape Silvershore alive. stay alive and my pride means nothing in the face of that promise
2: just just think about what you're asking me to do Scales this is my job you get that right this is nothing personal it's just then you may as well run me through with your sword
3: now because the end result will be the same
0: If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider supporting the Penumbra. You can do so by buying our merchandise. Just search for the Penumbra Podcast on DFTBA.com to find posters, pins, apparel, soundtracks, and recordings of our live shows. You can also make a one time donation to the Penumbra via PayPal at the Penumbra Podcast. Or, if you'd like to keep our stories running in the long term, we hope you will support us on Patreon. Every dollar helps. At just $4 per episode or higher, you will receive ad free episodes two days before the public release. At the $7 level, you will gain access to behind-the-scenes content and production scripts. And at the $10 level, you will receive access to commentary tracks like this one from co-creators Harley Takagi Kaner and Kevin Vibrant.
2: I think we should acknowledge the fact that Mark is keeping Aram in his basement.
0: Oh yeah, we probably should
2: I think that. people will be upset if we do not acknowledge the fact that Mark is keeping Aram in his basement.
0: He is, and so... So, Mark is keeping Aram in his basement. <laughs> Sound off in the comments if you are keeping our arm in your basement. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, this is a move that we make a lot that people have been acknowledging for years now.
2: Put arm in the basement. Yeah,
0: but it's um, to put a character in, in the basement. <laughs> We would like to give thanks to all who support us on Patreon, but especially to Bettina Trevino, Charlie and Matt, Hart, Aleem Muktadir, Brittany Potter, Sophia and Juno Adler, The Emerald Ate This Podcast, Haha, The PI The Train and the Knights, Mr. Me, Myself and I, Ren, Cody Spaghetti, Kira, Jack M. Cohen, Girl in the Midnight Sky, Thank You, Penumbra Team, for your amazing work, Braylon, Hannah and Leah's Adventures in Gender shenanigans, Ferdinand Entrelac, The Lady Guinevere and the Lord Aram fancast, Shelley Schrode, Kevin, please say butts on live recording, thanks, Jammy, Osipet, Evit Kani, Diana Cause, Benjamin Fisher, SCP Chloe, Happy Turkey Day from Desert Willow, Theo Alex Dean, Nate Gibson, June Gashoku, Skyfire Forever, the Lady has claimed another one, Jay Hull. Stryker Flynn. Liv Allen. Alice the Time Lord. In memory of Spiral Opal. Eden the Gay Bookworm. Michael David Smith. It's a Hard Day to Be a Scaly. Kiki's Podcast Patronage Service. Caroline Seidman. Radius Elna. Rain and Pippin from the Glen Dimension. Karen ZH. Marrow. Genetic. Danny the Spoon Lord. Menchowski. Ash. Jamie Gunter, and Angel Acevedo for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank you. This tale, Lullaby to a Dying World, was told by the following people. Lee as Ale, M. Sutherland as Angelo, Stefano Purdy as Sir Mark, Raina Moody as Sir Galahad, and Noah Symes as Lord Aram. The penumbra is created and produced by Harley Takagi Kaner and Kevin Vibert. If you wish to know more about the full production team, you can read about them in the show notes of this episode. I'm afraid that is our time for today, dear traveler. We hope you will join us again soon.